This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Greetings from Studio B. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the Tuesday edition. I'm Sean Kelly. So glad you could join us here uh, from the campus headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. Busy day today, uh, as geez, almost every day is busy, it seems like, these days, but we're excited. Uh, Delvin Bro is uh, scheduled to stop by here, the Black and Blue Report. Uh, I've been uh, eager to talk to Delvin since the end of the season, and uh, he's been out and about and making the rounds, and so uh, we'll be pleased to have him stop by today to talk about his rookie season with the New Orleans Saints, and of course, uh, we'll talk about Super Bowl 50. And National Signing Day is tomorrow. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's going to be kind of a big ceremony here on campus uh, that Delvin Bro at one time was a part of. Uh, thinking back to, gosh, you know, when he was about set and all ready to go to LSU. So he'll bring us a unique perspective on today's show. So we're excited to have him for sure. Tuesday is always being Jim Eichenhofer, too. He's going to swing by before heading to the airport and off to San Antonio with the Pelicans. We'll talk to Jim about last night's loss uh, to the Grizzlies, 110-95. We'll talk about the 5-2 uh, and two homestand and the winning month of January that the Pelicans are uh, uh, coming off of and heading into really kind of a tough stretch here between now and the All-Star break at San Antonio, at Cleveland, at Oklahoma City, all before the break. Home games coming up against the Lakers, a big one on Thursday. Uh, and then a, um, a rather large game coming up against the Utah Jazz here in this building to start that final back-to-back before the All-Star break. Utah won again last night, and so uh, Utah being one of those teams that are grouped in there with the Pelicans with regard to the chase for uh, number eight at the moment. And so I still, I'm still holding out hope here for the Pelicans that maybe they can rise to number seven. Now look, you pick your poison here. Warriors or Spurs, I guess, at this point is the seventh seed, but... Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Daniel, what is it now as of this morning? Four games? Four games back uh, with a long, long way to go. I get that. Uh, just kind of an off night for the Pels last night. Just, uh, And I guess you were due for one maybe. Uh, you just don't want to have that off night against a team like Memphis who's really good and has an exceptional night. And that's what uh, occurred last night in that 15-point loss. Uh, so we'll talk about that here a little bit with Jim Eichenhofer. Did you see the new TV deal uh, with regard to the NFL and Thursday Night Football? Um, many of you may not be into this, but I just let me just throw this number at you real quick. And, and, and this might knock you back a second. Um, starting next season, basically the Thursday Night games are getting ramped up even more. And now NBC and CBS are going to share the Thursday Night package. I think CBS will have the games early on in the season, then NBC will pick it up a bit later in the season and on the Thursday night CBS games, it'll still be Jim Nance and Phil Sims. And it looks like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth will have the, just like the Sunday night football games, they'll have the Thursday night games when NBC picks up, I think sometime mid season. Uh, And then otherwise there's simulcasting going on with NFL network and then some exclusive NFL network games uh, later on the season. And on those particular Saturdays when college football is all wrapped up. Anyway, the reason I bring all this up is this, obviously with a new deal, numbers are going to change. The numbers are going up. That shouldn't be a surprise to you. What may surprise you is this. (laughs) When you break down the numbers, what CBS and NBC are going to pay, basically, to broadcast said Thursday night game, 
is now right around $45 million to broadcast one football game. Not the Super Bowl, not the playoffs, not the primetime game on Sunday or on uh, Sunday afternoon, or I guess the Sunday night package is still the biggest one, but a Thursday night, Thursday night NFL, $45 million per game. <laughs> that's that's a big number. I don't care who you are. Uh, but then anyway, that news came out. I think it was yesterday afternoon when that when that came around. So uh, keep that in mind when you think about the production going into NFL games for television right now. And heck, they're negotiating a separate deal for digital streaming rights. They're not even going to stream the CBS or NBC broadcast. They're going to do a separate broadcast to stream, like for example, like they did one time last season with Yahoo. So that'll be a whole nother uh, truckload of money going to the league. So impressive, impressive. Uh, the number one entertainment, I guess, entity right now in the United States. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> Daniel's shaking his head from across the uh, studio console here. So uh, with that being said, we'll take our first break. Um, and I hope you'll stay with us for both of our great guests today. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com and New Orleans Saints cornerback, Delvin Brown. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminex does it all. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. He's here for his usual Tuesday appointment on the Black and Blue Report. He's the senior writer for Pelicans.com, Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, normally, uh, Daniel is the one that's visiting with you on Tuesdays. I'm honored to be able to share this studio with you this morning. Hey, it's great to be with you. I mean, I'm used to Daniel, but I think I can make an adjustment to a different host. See, that's why you're a good teammate. <laughs> Hey, you man. never know who might be starting alongside you. Exactly. I can, you know, whatever lineup changes happen, I'm, I'm ready to, to do the best I can and, and go with the flow. Daniel Salerson, Sean Kelly, Bryce DeJean Jones. You never know who might be sliding Exactly. In it could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a good night for the Pelicans last night. Uh, as we had talked about in our last segment, as they lost to the Grizzlies 110-95. And to compound matters, it seems like everybody else that you wanted to lose last night didn't. Yeah. I mean, frustrating night. Yeah, it was a tough night. I mean, pretty much everything went against them. 
Um, I think Portland didn't play, but all the other teams, Sacramento won, Utah won in overtime in a game that they kind of had to pull out to, just to get to OT. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good night. Um, I think they're four games out of eighth right now, so it was you were hoping to finish off the homestand six and one with a with a what would have been a really good win, and it was tied I think with about six minutes left. So it was just really the end of the fourth quarter was the thing that kind of kind of killed last night's game. Yeah, only scoring two field goals uh, in the final seven minutes after taking that lead, um, and really the whole game. Well, you know what, Pelicans were up by twelve in the first half. Unfortunately, I think that's eight times now. Pelicans have lost a game when holding a double-digit lead at some point. Um, so I hated bringing that stat back up last night. But yeah. even with that 12-point lead in the first half, there was just something about the game last night that never really seemed to click. Um, maybe it was Drew Holiday had an off-night shooting. Uh, Ryan couldn't kind of get going. They didn't really let him have – it was clear Memphis last night was not going to let Ryan Anderson beat them. Right. Um, and it just there was just something about the night, Jim, that just didn't click. Whether the ball started sticking again or every time that you thought you would get moving again, Memphis couldn't miss. Uh, it was just it, it was one of those nights that, that comes around, and unfortunately, like you said, it messed up what could have been a 6-1 and one homestand. Right. You know, I agree. I think a lot of the credit goes to Memphis. It seems like when the Pelicans play them, you have nights like that where it's like you just can't get into a flow. It seemed like they started the Pelicans started great, and like you said, they were up by 12. But I think a lot of it was just um, making they, – they made a lot of tough shots. It seemed like Memphis's defense was good the whole night. And it's just one of those teams that they played so well defensively that you have to be great offensively. And the Pelicans definitely were not that with, you know, as you mentioned, a couple guys that have been playing really well lately just had, had tough nights shooting the ball, especially Drew, who I think was one for 14. So, yeah, you, you can't have guys having off nights against Memphis. It's tough enough to score against them as it is. Yeah, no doubt. That's as good as I've seen Memphis in a while. Um, mm. And Jeff Green helps that. Yeah. He's on a tear right now. Uh, he led them in scoring with 24. And I, I just, you know, I've seen Jeff Green plenty. Um, but there was something different about his game last night. Yeah, I mean, he, he was pretty locked in, it seemed like. Um they have a lot of good players, and I think sometimes people take Memphis for granted or they, they don't think about them because, understandably somewhat, you think about the four teams that are ahead of them right now in the West, but, I mean, they have a lot of guys that can beat you. Vince Carter has barely played at times this season. He comes in, makes a couple huge threes. Courtney Lee's a guy that people don't think about. He he didn't. I don't think he did a lot last night, but he's another one of those guys that can hurt you with the, the shooting. So, I mean, I'd say they're top eight, ten guys. It seems like... You never know. Sometimes somebody can jump up and bite you that you weren't expecting. Yeah, and and Mike Conley has kind of had a little bit of an off year for a number of different reasons. All of them legit. Uh, ends up having a double double last night with seventeen and ten. So look, they're nine games over five hundred. Memphis is uh, the highest above five hundred they've been all year. So mm. uh, and they've scored over a hundred points for nine straight games. That's a new franchise record for them. Look, I, if I'm the Clippers, I'm concerned. Yeah. About Memphis. In, yeah. In, yeah. And so one more against those guys on March the 11th. Uh, Alvin Gentry said last night, five and two on the homestand was good. It wasn't great. Six and one would have been great. Um, was five and two good enough on the homestand? I'm going to say it was good enough because before the homestand even started, when we were talking about what, what do you want to see? I said five and two was the kind of the baseline of what I wanted. So I mean, when you started off as well as you as they did, you hoped maybe you could go six and one or even undefeated. But I mean, I thought overall it was a good homestand. 
obviously they need to win as many games as they can. So that was the number one thing. But also I feel like the mindset of the team is in a better place right now after the success they had over the last couple of weeks than it was um, going back to like the middle of January or early January for sure. The month of January was a winning month. Um, I feel better about things now in February than I did at the start of the month. Heck, mm. I think Daniel told me last night it was a one and four start to January. Um, but things were not good. <laughs> right. Not good at all. Mm. What will you take away most from the month of January? I think defensively, I mean, there's a bunch of different numbers that you can point to. It seems like they're they're starting to get some traction defensively. Maybe last night wasn't a great example of that, but at the same time, I thought Memphis shot probably the best you'll ever see Memphis shoot. So, I mean, I feel like defensively is kind of the foundation. If they can if they can keep playing well there, they'll consistently beat some of the teams. I don't want to say teams they should beat, but they'll beat some of the kind of lower-rung teams of the NBA. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And also, I mean, they had a great stretch during this homestand that also kind of sputtered last night where they scored 110-something points, 110-plus points for a bunch of games in a row. So I feel like both sides of the ball have really improved lately. Now it's just a matter of can you carry, continue to carry that over and can you continue to kind of gain ground because right now four games out is not close enough. I feel like you want to get at least within one or two in the next few weeks and then give yourself a good chance going coming down the last part of the season. Yeah, it was a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. I mean, you have the Quincy Pondexter news. Eric Gordon breaks his finger. By the way, he says he's doing very well. Mm. Um, maybe even wants to start shooting um, this time next week. That'd be good. That'd be really That'd be good. good. Yeah. Um, and then Tyreek Evans has been battling this knee tendonitis. So yep. it seems like January had these highs and these kind of these lows. And I think at the end of the month, I think I'll take more highs than lows. Uh, yeah. I have some concerns about February. This schedule coming up mm. here, starting tomorrow night in San Antonio, is a bear. Um, look, somebody's going to have to beat San Antonio at home. Right. May Might as, as well, well be, be the Pelicans, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you Are you looking at January – as a launching point, some, some, I guess what I'm getting to is this. Some are looking at January and saying, yes, you, you actually did what you were supposed to do. It was going to be your easiest schedule month of the season. Yeah. Um, you were home for that seven-game homestand, so let's not go crazy. Um, but at the same time, I'm seeing enough, like you said, defensively and offensively, both ends of the floor, that lead me to believe that that will serve them well through this this tough stretch coming up i think so and i think i think it was eight and six maybe in january i was saying the other day i would feel i feel better about that eight and six based on the fact of how well they played the last two or three weeks of january granted a lot of that was at home um if they were eight and six and they ended january on like a two or three game losing streak i, I would feel um pretty worried right now but i mean i feel like the signs are are pointing upward in terms of like you mentioned they started off january with you know, three or four losses out of five, and then they started to play a lot better. I think the game at Sacramento that was January 13th, I think, was kind of like the turning point, I feel like, and hopefully we'll, we'll look back on that as the, when things kind of swung. The, the day after they lost that tough game to the Lakers, I feel like since then they've played a lot better, you know, with the, with the exception maybe of last night. Concerns. What do you still have concern-wise? I mean, overall, cons my overall concern is just – Partly what you mentioned about how before the All-Star break, you still have to play at San Antonio. You still have to play at Cleveland. You still have to play at OKC. I mean, those are th there's six games left. You're playing three of the best, probably four or five teams in the, in the whole league on the road. So um, my concern a little bit is that you, 
right now you're 11 games under 500. Can you get closer to 500 between now and the All-Star break? It might be tough to do that. You might still be, you know, 11 games or so under 500 when the All-Star break gets here. You might still be, you know, four games out. Um, by the time the second half starts of the season, you only have 29 games left. And even though that's still a, a big chunk of time, you know, I do feel like the Rhodes' success is going to be a pivotal thing. They can't play – they can't have the lack of wins that they had in the first half of the season on the road and make the playoffs. At some point, they're going to have to break through and win some of these tough games on the road, with especially with some of the teams that they have coming up here. Yeah, I, I talked to Alvin Gentry the other day, and we were talking about the one and what was it, one and ten or one eleven start, one and one eleven, yeah, one and eleven. Yep. Um, and then you know the bad loss uh, against the Lakers, uh, the the unexpected loss against the shorthanded Dallas team. It's it's almost as if and and, and you and I will do this especially. Fans will do it too. Players and coaches maybe not so much. But you'll take that schedule and you'll think about those things. And then you'll think about like tomorrow night at San Antonio or Saturday at Cleveland and say, okay, almost for every one of those bad losses, you have to steal one from somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. somewhat unrealistic. But that's kind of the way – That's that's got to be the formula to get back to closer to the even mark. Uh, maybe sometime in March. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. There's a lot of games that you can go back to. I mean, you do this every year, I feel like, and say, like, man, we should have won that game, should have won that game. If we had, they'd be in a lot better position than they are right now. I mean, the one thing you can say about this team this season, you talk about a 1-11 start, you talk about all the different obstacles. If they do make the playoffs, I think it's going to be a heck of a good story of, of all the stuff that they had to overcome. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be – they're going to need to finish – the season really well. I'm also talking about concerns. I'm also a little concerned about what the way some of the other teams in the in the West that are fighting for eighth have been playing lately. So I mean, there's been a lot of things stacked against them, and you know, if they can if they can somehow pull this out, I'd say it's a it's a pretty nice accomplishment yeah. despite everything that's gone against them. The only team that really concerns me at the moment in that group, Utah. They seem to be putting it together here. Yeah. So, yeah. The other ones I think are going to fall back a little bit. We'll see. Um, by the way, Terry Stotts in Portland. <laughs> what he's doing mm. with that group after losing four of their five starters from a year ago, it's amazing. I mean, Pelicans lost to them the second game of the season, and I think everybody around the whole league was like, and that's a bad loss. Portland's no good. Right. Look at them now. I mean, they're, you look back at those two losses to Portland now, and you're like, hey, that wasn't as bad as, as people thought it was at the I time. Agree. I agree. Uh, we'll see Portland again in March, by mm -hmm. the way, just so you know. And March is going to be key because you play with those teams around you. You've got Utah. Sacramento, um, uh, Portland, uh, and Denver at the end of March. Yep. So all, all those all here pretty much too. Yes. I think. Yep. Yes, and hopefully mm -hmm. they'll still be very relevant sure. at that time. A um, couple more things, real quick. Bryce DeJean Jones uh, starts a second ten-day contract yesterday. Plays in his, makes his third NBA start. What do you? The, the, I, I need to know more. What do you know about Bryce DeJean Jones? What do you still want to know? about this kid I mean I think what I still want to know I think everybody probably just if he can keep this up I mean he's played really well to be thrust into the situation that he's been in where you're on a 10-day contract and you're still in the starting lineup I mean it, you got to be impressed with the way he's playing the thing I like about him the, the thing I, I think I, I thought I knew about him from watching him in summer league and why I was a little bit disappointed that he was waived and couldn't make the roster based on the other injury situations he has upside, and I feel like he's a guy that can keep getting better. I mean, he has such a good base basis as far as, like, 
He can shoot threes. He's athletic. Um, he rebounds pretty well. He runs the floor. I feel like there's a lot of things that he does well that fit with what Alvin Gentry is trying to do with, with his offense. And obviously he's, he's so young. I mean, I think for him to step in and play the way he has and contribute the way he has in a situation where he's been in the D league, he wasn't playing a little bit earlier in the, in the basketball season. I mean, it's impressive. And the thing that I look forward to the most with him is like seeing what, how, where can he take this? I mean, he, he, his first 10 days with the team have been great. Yeah. So. I'm not so sure I know how smart he is. And I'm not talking about book smart. I'm talking about basketball smart. Yeah. But there's no doubt. He's he's as athletic as anybody as you've got on that roster. Right. Athletically. Right. He's he's as good as anybody, if not better. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. I'm, I said last night on the air, uh, Jim, I, I was trying. I was thinking out loud with John. I said, look, I've been doing this like 11 seasons now. Heck, even longer than that. You know, part uh, part time before that, I can't think of anybody on a ten day contract that's been given the same opportunity that he has and also made the most of it. Can, yeah. I mean, can you think of anyone? No. And you've been doing this just about as no. long. So, can you think of anybody along the way? I can't. I mean, it's it it's it's great for him that he's gotten the opportunity. That's the first thing. I mean, how many times does a guy on a ten day contract in a temporary situation? Does a team say, "Hey, here's here's your chance. Here's you can start." Yeah. I mean, a lot of times there's been plenty of guys that have come in and out of here on ten day contracts that played like three minutes in one game, two minutes in another game, and then they got waived, and right. that was it. But I mean, yeah, like you said, the the biggest thing is that he's taken advantage of it, and I feel like he does provide some a lot of things. Or in one player, I feel like he provides a lot of things that you don't have on the rest of the roster. I feel like there's a lot of guys. Especially at the wing, that either are really good on offense or or really effective on defense, but don't maybe play both ends. And even though it's really early and obviously in our time with him, I feel like he he does have the potential to be good on both ends because of all, all the tools that he has. Interesting, interesting. You know what? I may ask Alvin Gentry on his radio show this week if he could maybe be a small forward in this league. Am yeah, I, should I ask that or? I think so. you know I thought that was what he was. Okay. When I saw him in summer league, I thought he was a small forward. Interesting. I didn't okay. think he was a shooting guard. But, I mean, his shooting ability, as he showed in Summer League and as he's already shown so far, he's got range and he can he can make threes. So, I mean, for them to be able to slide him into shooting guard, too, has been really valuable. Is he big as big as Rudy Gay? Or is Rudy Gay I, a little bigger? I think he, Rudy Gay might be maybe a couple inches taller. Okay. But, but um, I mean, Rudy Gay's athletic, but Bryce is really athletic, too. Yeah. So, I feel like he plays bigger than his size. Like, if you watch him on the offensive boards, Bryce makes an impact. Um, there was a couple plays in one of the recent games where it seemed like him and AD were playing volleyball on the backboard and the other team couldn't do anything to keep those guys <laughs> off the glass. So he, I think he's like six, 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 seven. but he, like I said, he plays bigger than that because he's so athletic yeah. and he can get off the floor. Just uh, just thinking out loud a little bit here, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, we're going to be on the road for Super Bowl 50. We've got that road trip uh, through the garden spots of Cleveland and Minneapolis coming up this weekend. So <laughs> Super Bowl 50 will find us in Minneapolis. Who you got, Carolina or Denver? I think, you know, honestly, I want Denver to win, but I think if I if if you had to put me on the spot and I had to pick the game correctly, I think I would go Carolina. They've been they've probably been the best team in the NFL this year. I don't know how you could could argue otherwise. So, but I I'd rather see Denver win. I'd rather see Peyton Manning get a get another championship and I think tie up his brother in Super Bowl wins to a piece. To a piece. So, yeah, I, but I, I think I'd have to go to Carolina. They've been kind of a buzzsaw this year. So. Yes, yes, they have, Jim. Yep. I'll, I'll leave the hidden agendas and other storylines 
underneath for you. Is that all right? That's fine. Yeah. All right, Jim Eichenhofer with us here uh, from Pelicans.com. Of course, uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, you might want to spell that for him. Okay. It's J-I-M, obviously. I got that one. Yeah. It's E-I-C-H-E-N-H-O-F-E-R. I'm sure everybody got that first try. You get a lot of followers. They're following you. <laughs> um, and, of course, the Pelicans.com. And uh, we're off to the airport here shortly uh, to uh, head to San Antonio with the Pelicans, where the Pels will look to wreck the Spurs' home record uh, so far tomorrow night. 7.30 broadcast, by the way, of the game. It uh, backs up. Well, actually, it backs up a little bit. 7 o'clock, Pelicans warm up with Daniel Salerson, 7.30 tip-off. Wait till you hear about Thursday night's broadcast times. We'll share with those with you later, too. Um, it'll be a night full of Pelican basketball, to say the least. Quick timeout. Right back after this. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Saturday, February 27th against the Minnesota Timberwolves. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. As promised on this Tuesday, the Bro Show's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Delvin Bro stops by. Cornerback, New Orleans Saints. McDonough, 35. You're wearing your T-shirt with pride today. No question. I know. I always represent, man. I always I love gotta it. represent for 35. How's your body feel? Well, my body feels fine, man. Yeah? Um, I'm doing well. Um. I'm ready to get back to work. I, I usually no, I I knew you were gonna try and say <laughs> that. I knew I was gonna wait a couple of weeks to ask you uh-huh. how it felt because I, I would imagine it takes a little bit to kind of bring it back to normal. Yeah, true that. Oh, you got yeah. to rush your body, man. That's what the coaches say, rush your body, man. But it's we too anxious. I'm too anxious for the next season. But uh, I'm gonna be smart and uh, rush my body and uh, just enjoy it. National Signing Day is tomorrow. We're gonna talk about that here in just a second. I do want to go back to some of the conversations we had back in West yeah. Virginia during training camp. Mm-hmm. Look, you were more than excited. You <laughs> finally getting your chance to uh, to play in the NFL, uh-huh. and here it was your hometown team. On top of that, um, did the excitement ever wear off? No, man. You know, I'm still excited to this day, man, because it's it's, it's a second opportunity for me. You know, and, and to get an opportunity to play for my hometown team is just amazing. And uh, it's like I, I can't let nobody, I can't let myself down. First of all, and um, I man, I just enjoy it, and and and, and I, excitement is still here. How long did it take you to transition 
from the Canadian Football League to the NFL? Uh, I would say about the, the, the whole season. It took the whole season. Really? I, I'm not even going to lie. It, the whole season. Because it seemed like the first couple of weeks there was an adjustment. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly watching you play, there was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed to almost like click. Mm-hmm. But you're saying it took all season. Yeah, it took all season just because it's minor detail. Cornerbacks, we have to worry about detail, attention to detail. And uh, I kind of still felt myself playing like I was in the CFL. So it was just it, – it, it can be from a, a, a T-step plant coming out my break point of view or it can be a going up for the ball or playing through the man or playing away from the man. So uh, it was just something I had to continue to keep adjusting to and uh, I eventually got it. Did you surprise even yourself in any way with no, the way the season went? not at all, man, because no? I, I know myself. You know, I, I know what I can do. I know – I can be elite, and uh, I just handle my business. No, it, it was really special to watch. <laughs> um, I just think the whole story, mm-hmm. um, especially being here in the black and gold, is what did it for a lot of us. And and, and I think that watching you emerge is, to, in my estimation, a top cornerback in this league mm-hmm. um, from basically off the street. Let's mm-hmm. let's just be honest. Yeah, true. Um, do, do you feel... Do you feel like now you're in a position to take even another step after what you just went through this past season? Oh yeah, man, I'm I'm ready to take this 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 elite step, man. I'm I'm ready to be mentioned, like you say, in 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 the top cornerback category, man. Um, so I, I just have to continue to keep working hard and, and and not do what I did last year. Just continue to keep building off what I did the last week we played and uh, continue to keep monitoring my game and and uh, just watch a little bit more film study this year and uh just so I can be on top of my game and uh, just have fun. All right, let's make a deal. Let's say that in the next couple of years, we're having an interview this time of year, mm-hmm. but it will be about a trip to Hawaii regarding the Pro Bowl, <laughs> or we'll be talking about your upcoming Super Bowl opponent. How about that? Hey, I, well, deal. Good deal. Um, speaking of Super Bowl 50, what do you think of the Carolina-Denver matchup? Man, a lot of people have been giving me some stuff because I'm going with the Panthers. You know, they're in our division, but I, I, I played against them twice. And, and I know these guys. These guys are, are pretty well coached, and uh, these guys are going to go out there and compete with the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos has, also has a great defense. Um, I want to see it to be a close game, but who knows what's going to happen, you know. But I, I like Cam Newton and uh, what he stands for in that organization, and uh, I, I think they're going to win. Let me ask you about Cam Newton. What's it like to defend against him? Man, it's, it's tough. Uh, you, you you have to watch his Arm, you have to watch his legs. You 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 have to watch so much, and then you got a running back. They run so much trick stuff that you have to pay attention to what he's doing, and then you got to pay attention to what the running back's doing. And man, it, it's just tough to contain him, man. So um, I, I think the Broncos may have a chance because of Von Miller and, and wearing him, but mm-hmm. uh, he, he's he's unstoppable. Who's he a bigger nightmare for? Cornerbacks, linebackers, <laughs> defensive linemen, everybody, everybody. Yeah. He, too, he he big that can can six five two what fifty two sixty. He, He's a nightmare for for anybody, man. Did you hit him at, at all? No, I don't. I don't believe so. I don't know if you. I was I, just gonna I, say. I, I wonder what if it was I like did. To I hit bounced him. off and gave <laughs> It's it's it's. I'm glad that you know. I I sometimes laugh listening to uh, folks like me who mm. did not play in the NFL mm. talk about oh Cam Newton this and Cam Newton that. I want to hear it from guys who actually were on the same field as oh, that yeah. guy, and who may have never have had a quarterback to go up against. Of his size and yep. speed, um, is is he truly the unique uh, player that I think he That's, is? Yeah, it's, it, Cam Newton is unique, man. He, he's an extraordinary player, man. He's 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 legit. He, he's elite, man. He's a MVP caliber quarterback, man. And he you you really have to study film on him. 
All right. Let me ask you this as a defender. Mm-hmm. How are you with the whole dabbing thing and the celebrations <laughs> and the Superman? Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you okay with that? Did that frustrate you? No, not at all, man, because he's having fun. That's what you want in athletes. You know, man, you want to have fun. Uh, you want to start traditions. You want to do things that make – that's exciting. You want the fans to go, whoa, that's crazy, man, that's exciting. And, I, I man, I don't mind him doing that. I, I think it's awesome. Should it only be for certain plays or just bring it all the man, time? Man, whenever you do it, whenever you make a big play or you're doing something you want to celebrate, man, do your thing. Do you find yourself labeling uh, you and your fellow players as players or as entertainers? I say uh, entertainers. It's entertainment. Football is entertainment. Yeah. We, we're entertaining the crowd. We, we, we're playing uh, to, to get the excitement. We're playing for fans to come and watch the game. So I, I would say we, we're entertainers. But you have to be a good player. You have to be a good player yeah, to be entertaining. Entertain. Right. You right, can't good. just be doing dabbing and you get mossed and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So. yes. Um, help me with the timeline here a little mm-hmm. bit. So National Signing Day happened for you in this building, didn't Correct. it? Yep. Okay. And and similar thing will happen tomorrow here at the Saints facility. Uh, we're going to host a bunch of high school athletes who are going to sign the letters of intent. I think mm-hmm. it's very cool and that they get to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it would be really cool either to do it either at your school or at an NFL facility. What was it like for you? Um, It was awesome for me, man. It was it was new because we was at our uh, high school, and the next thing you know, we had to move to the uh, same facility. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to the same. So hopefully we run into great players, you know what I'm saying, some NFL players. But, man, it was it was awesome, man, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we did it here at the New Orleans Saints facility. And did you ever think even for a moment when you were signing your national letter of intent in this building that you would then one day work in this building as a member of the Saints? No, I did, man. I, I was just worrying about playing for LSU at the time, you know, hoping to get a chance to play there. All right, here's the timing part. When did you get hurt exactly, and when did the signing come? Did You you were hurt before the signing? I was hurt or? before the signing. Mm-hmm. I, I was okay. committed to LSU. It was 2000, summer of 2006, of June 6, 2006. And then I had my injury that November, uh, I mean, October 27, 2006. Right. And then, then the following February was February 7th. I was signing day was February 7th, 2007. So you signed the letter of intent, still recovering from your injury. Correct. Not quite knowing. Did you know at that point that you would be unable to play it for some time? Or what yeah, was, what I was never your knew. mindset? I, you I, I never knew. I always thought as soon as I signed this letter of intent, we about to get ready to start football. That, that was my mindset until I actually got there and, you know, had to go through the doctors and stuff like that. And. That's when I found out I wasn't going to play. Do you still have the letter of intent? Man, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I bet you LSU has it. They probably do. Uh, they probably do. They, I, they, I, I would hope so because I want to go back one day and get some highlights and all that stuff. Cause you know they do the player highlights when they show. I think it's at the Bayou Bash mm-hmm. or some LSU holds. So I, I hope they may have it. Yeah. I think you, you might want to get, might get that. that. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. When, when, when you think about those kids, uh, and they are kids, mm-hmm. um, uh, when they sign tomorrow, what what is their day going to be like? What what does what does that feel like? Their, their day is going to be full of excitement. You know, you're gonna have your family there. Um, you, you're gonna have other athletes that are signing. Maybe some of your teammates may be signing to the same school, and uh, it, it's just gonna be excitement, man. And uh, it's gonna be on to the next step. You know, you have to uh, get from under your parents' wing and, and make that next step in, into uh, becoming a person you're gonna be, and um, hopefully become professional athletes one day. All right, share with me something that you're gonna do this off season that. Uh, that fans would love to hear. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a pretty good bowler. I, I like to bowl, so I, I may get involved in some uh, bowling activities and some bowling events, and uh, and that, that's about it for me. Okay, we'll see you mini camp, huh? Yes, sir. All right, Delvin Bro with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Great stuff. Life is busy. 
You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We will be on the road for the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. Uh, Wesley Wednesday, in effect, from San Antonio, Texas. Pelicans and Spurs tomorrow night. Uh, first of uh, a back-to-back that concludes on Thursday against the Los Angeles Lakers. Look, if you've got tickets for Thursday night's game, and if you're thinking about it, please be aware that tip-off is probably not going to be until 845 Central. 845 Central on Thursday night due to national television with TNT. Uh, we'll have the Alvin Gentry Show. We'll have Pelicans warm-up. All that will come your way on Thursday. Tomorrow night's broadcast for both the Pelicans Radio Network and for Fox Sports New Orleans starts at 7 Central, tip time just after 7.30. So we'll look forward to a visit from uh, David Wesley tomorrow. Later in the week, Ian Eagle, who will be uh, out at Super Bowl 50, he'll be uh, uh, previewing with us, Carolina and Denver. And uh, we've got a lot more planned for you. So uh, make sure that you're sticking with us each and every day. Uh, with no appointment radio anytime afternoon central usually and sometimes we wait on a guest or two but uh, for the most part it's yours each and every weekday afternoon hope you have a great rest of your thursday safe travels to the pelicans today we'll see you tomorrow on the black and blue report thanks for listening to this edition of the black and blue report if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.